This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk. My guest is Ted Conover, who grew up in Denver. Author of six books, including New Jack, Guarding Sing Sing, his newest title is Immersion, A Writer's Guide to Going Deep. It's been a while, but welcome back to our program. Thank you so much. It's fun to be back. How is immersion writing different than other kinds? With immersion, what I define as immersion is when a writer goes and lives with somebody else for a while or otherwise immerses in their life. I guess it doesn't mean you have to move in with them, but you need to spend more time with them than you would if you just did a series of interviews. The idea here is if you really want to get to know somebody unlike you, it helps to breathe their air, to eat their food, to share as much of their language as you can, and to do this for a long or substantial period of time. For example, when you did New Jack guarding Sing Sing, you worked as a guard at the prison for about nine months. I did. I became a New York State corrections officer because it seemed to me you would learn something different if you did it yourself. You would have an experience that could be of just tremendous value in trying to describe that world, which is a very hard world to get to know if you're not a prisoner or a guard. So immersion writing, that's worked for you, right? It's everything that you just said. I like it. You know, I did journalism as a student in junior high and high school in Denver. I wrote for the Sentinel newspapers as an intern. When I got to college, I discovered anthropology and the idea of learning more about people by spending more time. And it struck me that you can take journalism further if you have that time and if you're interested enough. And if you can put up with the inconveniences of leaving your regular life for a while and living a different way. So yeah, I've done it several times. First with railroad tramps, starting and finishing here. And and then a whole year spent with Mexican migrant workers in Mexico and again in the U.S. And that book was called? Coyotes. And then, as you know, I decided to see if this strategy worked, would work with wealthier people and moved up to Aspen, initially just for a year, but I couldn't seem to get away. It was so uh, enjoyable, darn it. So that took a couple years slowed me down, but I really did have a great time. That book is white out. And then I moved to New York for New Jack, and then wrote one more book after that called The Roots of Man, which is about sort of serial immersions in different, with different groups of people who live around roads, whose lives are determined by these roads. So, You recently took your son Asa on a road as a hobo, right? <laughs> like your first book? Yeah. Rolling Nowhere? I did. So how's it different going with two people? Well, it's really different if one of those two people is your son. To go out with a buddy would not be such a big deal. But all of a sudden with my son, I was, it was complicated because now part of my job is to keep him from getting hurt because that what a dad the responsibility does yeah and that changes everything like it was nerve-wracking especially 
as I wrote, crossing from southern Wyoming into Utah at night. We were on the back of a bulk loader car, one of these sort of tubes on wheels with a little platform on either end. And, you know, he's looking over the edge, and the train takes unexpected jolts. It shakes back and forth, and I was just scared to death. He would fall, and and he basically put his arm around me and said, don't worry, you know, I, I can take care of myself, but I did worry, and yeah, that was a very, very different kind of experience, and I, I wanted to make sure it didn't go wrong. Back to your book, Immersion, A Writer's Guide to Going Deep, Guide to Going Deep. How did you organize it? I wanted this to be the book that I could have read before I first caught a train. Wouldn't that have been nice? Wouldn't that have been nice? I wouldn't have had to make so many mistakes. None of my mistakes were, you know, fatal to the project, and fortunately none were fatal to me. But there's a lot you, people don't know just about how to approach strangers, how to um, take notes, how to behave once a group of people has accepted you among them, how to protect confidences, privacy. Even, you know, in a way people start to treat you as, your, as their friend and you think, this is, this is what I wanted. And then, oh, I need to tell them they shouldn't maybe say that because I'm taking notes. And so every ethical journalist, I think, finds a moment where he, she says, are you sure you want this to be in my story? Now, if you're a hard-nosed investigative journalist, maybe that's okay if they say something that reflects poorly on them. But if you're talking about people who are sharing their lives with you for weeks and months, you're not out to get them. You're out to understand them. And so it becomes slightly a different project. And I write about how to handle that. I also write about going undercover, which is sort of an extreme version of this, which I did at Sing Sing. When you say undercover, yeah. you didn't say your real name. Well, I use my legal name. Ted is my nickname. It's what everybody knows me as. But I applied for the job with my legal name, which is different. And, and they didn't know I was going to write a book. So what do I owe them in terms of privacy? This sort of thing. So I write about a lot of this is really is, is about ethics and how are you going to handle it, but remain true to your readers, which is where your ultimate responsibility lies, I think, if you're a serious writer. So how did you handle it <laughs> at Sing Sing? I ended up changing the name of everyone I did not depict in a positive way. That seemed only fair. Or if they could be possibly embarrassed by something they said, some off-color joke, I changed their name. That just seemed de the decent thing to do. A more recent challenge was I became a USDA meat inspector. Hard work. Hard work for a 52-year-old guy. Yeah, and it hurt my arm kind of badly for months after. But I started out thinking I, I can use everybody's name because nobody is sort of breaking the law. Some were cutting corners. But I, again, by the time it came time to publish, my editor at Harper's Magazine and I said, you know, we should probably change a few of these names. These people didn't know you were going to describe them flicking a cow's eyeball 
across this cavernous room as a joke or you no know, you kind of I describe people who work on assembly lines and get really good at taking sort of 15 second naps between each of their duties and you don't want to make them lose their job or something so no I also ended up changing names in that one which a journalist you don't want to do that because the truth of it matters but I think if you say you do that that can be a solution all these people you've written about what kind of feedback have you gotten? Well, most of it's good. It's not 100% good. I'm Facebook friends with about five of the inspectors I worked with in, uh, in Nebraska, in that slaughterhouse. I, I was recently friended by a young woman named, well, she was young, named Evangelica from Coyotes. She made this epic journey with us from Querétaro up to Idaho. She's now back in Mexico. It's so cool to get messages in Spanish from her. A lot of corrections officers, I'm uh, like wealth to me. In these days of Google search, yes. isn't it? Any potential employer can just look you up and know who you are and what Absolutely. you're doing. Absolutely. Google search is not my friend. Has it worked against you in projects? I recently failed to get hired for a job that I had waited three years for and I th think somebody in the system either knew me already or maybe used Google but uh, strangely a lot of big bureaucracies I think they check crime databases and they check you know credit ratings they do everything but Google search well thank you my guest is Ted Conover, author of Immersion, A Writer's Guide to Going Deep, published by the University of Chicago Press. This is Diana Cordy with Book Talk.